Oh, don't. Okay. Hey, folks. Tonight's a special feature. We're calling it Audience Insight. Because tonight, the boys will be talking to Steve, a Denver-based radio host, who is heard on the Jazz and Soul Express every Thursday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. Mountain Time, on KUHS Radio, which you can hear on KUHSDenver.com. Tonight, DJ Toppy and special guest Steve are going to discuss the biographical comedy drama. Good morning, Vietnam! Good morning, Vietnam! Starring Robin Williams and Forrest Whitaker. Let's join the boys on the balcony. What do you get when you take a dash of the silver screen? A pinch of golden oldies? and a smidgen of screaming. It's time for Matinee Minutia with your host, DJ and Toppy. Well, hello there, folks, and welcome. Thank you, Okay. Please. All right, folks. Uh, we've had a small delay, but we're happy to be here. DJ, continue. Well, I was just going to welcome to the folks the Marionette Theater. And, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. It, we had... Uh, a fun evening last night. It was all Hallow's Eve, and uh, well, I have it under good authority that one of us had a pretty good time. Because, um, well, our senior showgirl there, Gertie, she showed up at the theater tonight. Uh, well, still wearing last night's costume. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like it? Oh, oh it's uh, what is it? <laughs> oh, come on, an animated Disney thing. Oh, you're, are you one of the uh, the wicked or, or ugly stepsisters from Cinderella? Uh, duh. Okay. This is what I did when I showed up at everybody's door, trick-or-treating. Uh, <clears throat> let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> I, I think so. Let the air out of your tires, Toppy. <laughs> What just happened? No, don't worry about it. Uh, don't worry about it. Uh, uh, Gertie, uh, thank you, uh, as always, for uh, being here to introduce the show and taking care of our concession stands. Does that mean I can go winky-tinky? Yes. Yes. Okay, goodbye. Be sure to leave the pass by the door when you're done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we have a special show tonight because uh, we're breaking with the format. Uh, we have a guest from uh, our Mile High City there, Mr. Steve. Hi, Steve. How are you, sir? Good evening, DJ and Toppy. Yay! Hey. I hope now, that uh, Gertie got you a nice hot beverage there, because we're going to sit down for a little while here. Yum, yum. Mm -hmm. How do you like the balcony seating here in the marionette theater, Steve? It's just great. I love it. You can see the. there's nothing blocking your view. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, so we like it, and uh, the heat is on. <laughs> <clears throat> So normally we uh, go into a little bit about uh, the time frame that this uh, film was uh, made or released in, and we're going to do that in a in a quicker fashion here because we'd like to spend a little more time with our guest. But uh, let's see, in 1987, AMC is acquired by Chrysler. So, uh, you know, the Gremlin Company, well, they folded in with, uh, you know, those finer cars. And uh, Jim Baker, who is a televangelist, he Ooh. resigned from PTL. His <laughs> his, uh, his ex-wife there gave us some great makeup tips. And, yes. Well, she yeah. uh, supported the, uh, the community. And uh, this was over an extramarital affair that he resigned. Now, also in 87, the year... That Good Morning Vietnam came out. Uh, Freddie Mercury, the singer from Queen, announced that he was HIV positive. So he was one of the uh, early celebrities to admit to public media that he was 
HIV positive he, that he had AIDS. And mm-hmm. Toppy, also in 87, who do we have that entered this world? Well, I could tell you a few, DJ. Uh, we've got movie actor Zac Efron. She's a singer, an actress, and model. And also the wildly popular pop singer, Keisha. Um, I think it's Kesha. <laughs> I mean, Kesha. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. So that was The World in 87. Excellent, excellent. Uh, DJ, let's uh, get uh, through a few notes before we bring Stephen on this. And uh, the cast, uh, Robin Williams. What do you got to say about him? Okay. Well, Mr. Williams' film premiere was in 1980, so he'd only done a couple of things before Good Morning Vietnam. And that first film was Popeye with Shelley Duvall, who... <laughs> oh, if you've been following our journey here at Matinee Minutia, last holiday season, we had one of our first guests, and we discussed The Shining, which Shelley Duvall was in. Uh, also, Mr. Williams made six appearances on Laughing. You know that comedy sitcom show on the '60s variety show, and uh, I did not know that. I mean, that Laughing was early '70s. Yeah, so he was on there for a little bit. Oh, it launched a lot of careers, including people like Ruth Buzzy. But uh, before debuting his iconic character on of Mork, which was on Happy Days, that he was on Laugh-In, he also starred in three films in the year prior to Good Morning Vietnam, which included a movie called, and I've never seen this one, has Kurt Russell in it, so I kind of have to see it because I love his wife, The Best of Time. Also was Club Paradise... And this had Peter O'Toole and Rick Moranis, so there's the curiosity peaked there. And uh, Williams would star in eight films over the next five years, so he was a hot commodity in the year, in the 80s there. Uh, Williams passed away in August of 2014, which was just three weeks after wrapping his scenes in his final movie called Absolutely Everything which was among a handful of projects released posthumously, uh, including Night at the Museum 3 and Merry Friggin' Christmas. Robin Williams was quite busy up until his passing, working on several films at a time, as well as the TV series The Crazy Ones, which he got to uh, have uh, some scenes with his former co-host from Work and Mindy, Pam Dauber, towards the end of that run. And uh, just a uh, a last moment mention here for Mr. Robin Williams, whose body of work I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, sadly, of course, uh, many of you may know that Mr. Williams passed away, uh, what we might see as a suicide, and it was recently Suicide Awareness Month, so... Um, do folks a favor and check in on your friends, especially the ones who might live alone, who seem like they're happy all the time. They may just be putting on a happy face for you. So uh, we have an important lesson to learn even in today. Now, Toppy, Robin Williams was only the, uh, well, not only, but he was the star of this film. But who else do we have here that worked along with him on the screen? Well, there's a couple guys worth noting. Certainly one is Forrest Whitaker. Um, and he starred in many supporting roles since 82. Uh, Tag, The Assassination Game. Uh, his first co-star role was in 1986 Splatoon with Johnny Depp, William Defoe, And over the next uh uh, five years he'd been in another 10 movies so very busy actor to this day also bruno kirby uh he was sort of the, i guess you could say the antagonist in this movie uh this character did not like what <laughs> robin williams was doing on the radio and he's very memorable in this role and uh, he was doing, uh, he was mostly busy through 80s and, and the early 90s. His credits include 
<clears throat> his debut way back in 1971's The Young Graduates and uh, other movies uh, besides Good Morning Vietnam in 87. He did uh, a role in When Harry Met Sally in 89, The Freshman, 1990, uh, City Slickers, a great comedy in 91. And he was uh, nominated for City Slickers as uh, Funniest Sporting Actor by the American Comedy Awards. His last credit, because sadly he did pass away, um, uh, is from, uh, uh, well, I think I've got this notation wrong. I've got played here, but that can't be the complete title from 2006. Uh, but he did die at the age of 57 uh, of leukemia. And uh, last, DJ, uh, just give us the director, such an important director, um, and it's Barry Levis Levinson. Uh, DJ, tell us about what he did. All righty. Well, the director of tonight's film, Good Morning Vietnam, was directed by Barry Levinson. And his, his credits include, he wrote for Tootsie in 1980, uh, so a few years before. And his debut was for something a film called Diner, which he also wrote uh, in 82. And he did a film in 84 called The Natural. Now, here's where uh, some more of the, the celebrity of this man comes in. After he did Good Morning Vietnam, he went in to work with some of the other greats out there, including Mr. Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man in 88, which also starred Tom Cruise. And this was uh, a Academy Award for Best Director for Levinson. That's it exactly. Uh, now, here in this uh, with us, we've got Steve and uh, Steve. Um, pronouncing your last name is just a tad tricky. <laughs> just say Steve. <laughs> there we go. We'll just say Steve. Steve. All right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, this happy. movie was a selection of yours. Yeah. And Considering that you are a longtime radio DJ, maybe that's not surprising. But Steve, tell us about yourself and eventually tell us uh, why you selected this movie. But uh, talk about yourself first. Oh, brief bio. Uh, let's see. I've been working in radio for 30 years this year, since 1989. And I work part time now, but I have worked pretty much off and on, not continuously, but, you know, part-time mostly over the past 30 years in the biz and just have fun bringing people to music. And I'm able to do whatever I want on the show that I have now. So that's the best part. Full creative control, which right. you don't, you don't often get in commercial radio at all. And let's <laughs> give that uh, radio station KUHS. Is that right? KUHS Denver.com. Excellent. As we are an online streaming radio station. Now, Steve, if I may, is there any sort of a, a catchphrase for the station? Because I know some stations figured out, you know, something to say with their call sign, like the UHS part. Do, the, do you guys uh, say anything? Yeah, the UHS means you have sounds. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't come up with it, so. <laughs> oh, that's quite interesting. My, my friend who runs the place did in the... Uh, his main gig is computer repair, so he's like an expert on all the technology end of it. And we've been doing it for – I've been doing it for five years over there, and he's been doing it about seven years. So, yeah, it's been a growing, um, progressively more popular station. Yes. Ooh. Now, there's another reason that DJ and I reached out to you to be a guest on our little shoe. Yeah. And that's because uh, one of your keen hobbies and interests are uh, movies, Hollywood, Hollywood stars. Yes. And you have a vast collection of uh, memorabilia and, 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 and autographs. Tell us all about this interest in, in Hollywood that you have, uh, old Hollywood, new Hollywood. Tell well, I'll tell you, when I first started collecting autographs, I wrote to Henry Winkler, speaking of the Happy Days connection with 
Robin Williams, coincidentally, I uh, wrote to Henry Winkler when I was I'm nearly 11 years old, which is 1975. And I got a personally autographed back of the page of Happy Days scripts in his own handwriting from Defons. <laughs> okay. Ooh. Now, hey. I got to ask, Steve, at that age, how did you even know that you could write in to get, um, a, uh, uh, you know, a, somebody's celebrity photo or signature? Well, those of us who grew up in the 70s might remember a magazine you would see in school called Dynamite Magazine. Oh, my God. For kids and, and preteens and teenagers. And it happened to have... Hey, send Henry Winkler a birthday card. And it, ah. the, address, the address was Paramount Studios. Ooh, wow. So I did not expecting to get anything back, but I not only got this handwritten on the back of a page of script, but he also sent a postcard of him as the fonts. Also mm. handwritten, but it was probably pre-printed. But the one I have is actually handwritten on the back of a page of script, which is pretty cool. Wow. I think that the uh, first time I wrote a fan letter, it was to a well, it was to Cindy Lauper, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at the time, unbeknownst to me, because I didn't understand that when some artists are between albums, you know, they're they're negotiating their next one or might be between contracts, and in this case, she had just changed managers, so I got my letter back. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, um, th- that's awesome. And 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 one place people can see uh, these things that you've gotten, these autograph pictures, and also just your uh, extensive knowledge of Hollywood is you have a Facebook group, a very popular uh, Facebook group. Tell uh, us I about that. Do it's called Classic Film Photos on Facebook, and I do post scans or pictures of a lot of my autographs and other the millions of photographs I've collected on my computer and just like I add more all the time and I'm just kind of overwhelmed in memorabilia really. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, uh, I've been following you, uh, for a number of years. And I swear to Jeebus, I haven't seen a repeat yet. Ah, wow. I, everything I see is, you know, like, Whoa, every photo, every, uh, nostalgic little thing, uh, you know, a behind-the-scenes photo of an actor, or or one of your um, photos that has a signature. It's like oh, never seen this before. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot. It's I could probably keep posting those for the next year, and you wouldn't see, you would not see all my at least my autograph stuff, which Excellent. I don't post a lot, a lot. But yeah. Excellent. So when we came a calling on you, uh. This is the movie you chose, Good Morning yeah. Vietnam. Now, why Why is that? Tell us about that. Well, I've always loved radio broadcasting ever since I was a kid. What got me hooked, and here's another movie connection, American Graffiti and Wolfman Jack. Oh. And so anything with radio guys in it, DJs, on-air people, anything that's about the radio biz, I've immediately just been drawn to. Mm-hmm. So that was why I chose Good Morning Vietnam, and I love Robin Williams anyway. So yeah, but he was just manic in that. I can't believe it. I watched it again. I'm like, geez, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> kind of. They just let him go. <laughs> As a matter of fact, DJ, let's play the uh, trailer uh, for Good Morning Good Vietnam. Okay. It'll show some of his manic. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. He's entered the demilitarized zone. Good morning, Vietnam! Wow! I feel good. Time to rocket from the Delta to the DMZ. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God. It's Mr. Leo. You know, this whole camouflage thing for me doesn't work very well. Why is that? Well, because you go in the jungle, I can't see you. If you're going to fight, clash. That is not what we program here. Surprise, surprise, surprise. You are not funny. You're not going to last long here. Boy, do I have a surprise for you. Good morning, Vietnam. 
1965, Adrian Cronauer was sent to do the impossible. I was sent here on very strict orders from a colonel. What the hell's going on here? His mission? To build morale. Where are you from? Off of uh, Cleveland, man. Obviously, Vietnam's not that much of a change for you. His strategy? <laughs> keep them laughing. If someone is not telling the truth, you say that they are full of... His problem? Staying out of trouble. You want to stick to playing normal modes of music. Jim Neighbors, Matovani. Percy Faith. <laughs> Percy Faith, good! Yeah! He did a very off-color parody of former VP Nixon. The thing is how the VP is such a VIP. Shouldn't we keep the PC on the QT? Because if it leaks to the VC, you can end up in MIA and then we'd all be put on KP. <laughs> Sir, the man is a walking keg of dynamite. He's read unofficial news. Ethel Merman jams Russian radar. Hello, I've got a pill. <laughs> What's he gonna be like when he's ten times? Oh my god! <laughs> What's the weather like out there? It's hot, damn hot, hot and wet. That's nice if you're with a lady, but it ain't no good if you're in the jungle. <laughs> Touchstone Pictures presents Robin Williams as Airman Adrian Cronauer, the wrong person. Very attractive man, ever saw. Don't think I haven't noticed. In the wrong place. This will not look good on a resume! At the right time. Good morning, Vietnam! What a country. Heat, humidity, terrorism. Still, it's better than New York in the summertime. <laughs> and we can oh, attest to this that is a, this is a, a movie apparently about a real guy do, yes do, uh, steve do you know anything about this yeah guy? i was just going to mention it on the the behind the scenes making of they did a, a recent interview with adrian cronauer he's a real person but most of the movie was creative license he said he wasn't quite that crazy <laughs> <laughs> he the thing about him is he was the first Armed Forces Radio Network DJ to play rock and roll gasp and Motown gasp gasp on the radio for the troops because like they show in the movie Montavani Lawrence Well Jim Neighbors go you know all that crazy easy listening music and the soldiers in the field were like that's oh. grandpa music come on <laughs> so when he came on it was a big deal it was huge yeah um uh, and he, 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 they, they hoped he would uplift the morale, uh, which Definitely. is, you know, basically the one of the purposes of having this radio station that they could tune into. Yeah. Um, uh, so this is a real guy. Is he still alive today? Do you think? Yes, he still is. He's in his seventies, and I don't know what he's doing now, but he has had a career in radio ever since 1965. So he is uh, he's still around. At least he was when they did the interview two or three years ago, whenever it was, for the DVD, Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. And he's quite the interesting character, too. He was definitely not as manic as Robin Williams. <laughs> and another thing I was going to bring up that I learned from that, that making of bonus feature was that they filmed only 12 minutes of Robin Williams as the DJ on the air, that, you know, the shtick that he did. Yeah. And in reality, they filmed hours and hours and hours of footage. They just let him go. And then whittled it it down to 12 minutes for the movie. That's amazing. But I'd like to see those outtakes. Where are those? I thought that would be a bonus feature, but it wasn't. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Wait a minute. Tommy. Yeah. Tommy, (laughs) why did you just type in the chat from Pat Sajak? (laughs) Pat Sajak Sajak was also an Armed Forces Radio Network DJ. Uh, Really? Oh, I didn't know that. It's a coinky dink. He worked worked with around the same time as Adrian Cronauer. Tommy, good, wow. good, good trivia, Tommy. Yeah. Ooh, shall no I give kidding. a round of applause to our uh, audience member here? Yeah, go, yeah. Tommy. Um, so I, I can sort of see how this project gained momentum, especially when somebody thought of Robin Williams, and they must have known. This guy is crazy, and you, can you just imagine what he'll come up with? They must have known and wanted this non-scripted, spontaneous stuff he was going to do. Uh, that's all I can think of. You know, how uh, do you think that he auditioned for the role? I doubt it. Mm-hmm. He was already pretty well known by that time. They just thought it would be good for him. You, you know what yeah. I? You know what I find interesting, Toppy. I I haven't uh, you know 
reviewed a lot of material about the person that this is based on, Adrian Cronauer, that uh, that Steve just mentioned there. But I do know that uh, one of the things that's been mentioned is that um, Robin Williams's character was a little bit more radical and more liberal than yes. Adrian Cronauer. In fact, he's. it's been mentioned that Adrian himself was kind of conservative, which I find mm-hmm. interesting because... Yeah. You know, you, you, you get yourself set into an environment like this, like in Vietnam, where I can't be for sure, but I think that I've read over time that traditionally, as we look back, the uh, the men and women who served in Vietnam were a uh, a younger sort than from wars past, because we had the draft back then. So you had people who, you know, were just uh, barely old enough to be at war serving. And so now, you know, you've got Adrian Kronhauer, who's been brought in. And in fact, in the movie, they mention the general, the, the guy from Texas there with the accent. He had heard Adrian at another, in, at another base somewhere, and he decided to bring him in for the troops. Yes. Yes. And before we move along, I just want to acknowledge the chat room. We do this show live, folks, and uh, encourage you to join us live every first and third Friday of the month. Uh, Matinee Minutia streams live, and there's an, uh, an opportunity for you to be there we've got a chat room and uh, you can uh, listen to us as we do it live and tonight we've got in the chat room very thankful and tutor uh we have uh billy that's your husband dj if you didn't know <laughs> uh we also have uh Marin kurtz uh, who's returned uh, many times uh, f- with us. And also, of course, as always, our best pal, Tommy. Thank you, everybody, for uh, joining us. And, uh, and DJ, t- tell, tell the folks listening, if they want to join us live, what do they need to do? Okay. Well, the uh, shortest version of it is you can go to univazpods.net or matinemanusha.com. And if you want to join our chat room, you click on that little mask symbol there. It says Discord. And uh, well, it's a, it's a higher-end chat room experience. It's what gamers use. So, you know, if you've got a niece or a nephew that's into gaming, they might already use it for things like World of Warcraft or something to talk to their team. But that's where you go, and it'll take you into our chat room. And then, of course, if you just want to listen along, you can click on the symbol that looks like a tower that says Univaz, and that will launch our audio. All right. Now, listen, folks, uh, if I can get this through my head, you can, too. Uh, uh, Steve, yeah. um, this the plot of this movie, the story. Um, I, I didn't expect much from Robin Williams because yeah. all I knew from him was Mark and Mindy and he was a spaz. Okay. <laughs> you know, he was funny, but just just a spaz. And I, I remember thinking, I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm thinking uh, Good Morning Vietnam is going to be just a stupid Saturday Night Live kind uh-huh. of, uh, you know, one joke thing. But it wasn't. Tell us about uh, your feelings about the, the story. Of- well, I think that it was one of his first attempts at doing what I would call a dramedy, I guess, not not a full-on drama, but he was able to show his dramatic chops because, if you remember, he went to Juilliard with Christopher Reeve, who played Superman. They were, they're Juilliard-trained actors. A lot of people don't maybe don't know that about Robin Williams, but he had, had gone to college to, for his acting. I don't know if he had a master's degree or not, but he was pretty close to it in his education before he dropped out and became a comedian. But I got to see him do stand-up, by the way, circa 1982 here in Denver. No kidding. Uh, yeah. Just tell us a bit about that. Like, uh, uh, I was 17. I got the call from my cousin. I have an extra ticket. Do you want to go? And we had to sit way, way, way in the back. But he was just on stage with a, a trunk full of props, which you don't think of him as a prop comic, but he was that day. And he was sucking oxygen because of the altitude, but he was also very sweaty. And I said, hmm, what would cause him to be sweaty? 
<laughs> uh, and we found out later on it was uh, a little white marching powder. Well, uh, infamously, uh, I don't think, well, eventually Robin Williams didn't really make a secret of, uh, oh, just uh, that party drug that yeah. was so very, very much a part of Hollywood. Yeah. And he got all up in it. Yeah. And, um, but he, he did, uh, put the brakes on it at a certain he did. point. He did. He really did get it together. He quit drinking. He quit using. He got clean for many, 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 many years. And that was really good for him. It really did save his life, I think, because he used to party with John Belushi and that whole gang. Ooh. And uh, John didn't make it out and Robin did. So, you know, that was yeah. a good thing. But now, anyway, getting, getting back to the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the plot is cool. It tells a semi-true story. Hollywood always takes their liberties with you know, the writing, a lot of it's highly fictionalized, but one character I wanted to bring up that made me laugh that I forgot about was the, the gay character in the story, Jimmy Wah, the owner oh. of the, the bar and the restaurant that all the servicemen who work at the radio station go to yeah. and his obsession with wanting to see a naked picture of Walter Brennan. <laughs> yeah. Like, huh? Yes. Hey, Brennan? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Why did he want to see a naked picture? Of naked him? picture of Walter Brennan. <laughs> but he was very, very, very stereotypically gay. But it was still funny. Uh, Steve, tell the folks out there who don't know who the, who is Walter Brennan. What did he do? Well, he's an actor that goes back to the early 1930s in Hollywood. And get this, guys. Here's some trivia about Walter Brennan. He won four Oscars for Best Supporting Actor. Jesus, I didn't know that. And he was in a lot of westerns with John Ford. And lots of other, lots of cowboy roles. And he was known in the early 60s for The Real McCoys, the TV show. Now, you you just did it, voice. Do it again because. Hey, no, no, you. Why do you want to see a naked picture of me? I'm no in. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. My God, folks, you must have that voice. If you saw a picture of this guy, you would you would know exactly. That's a serious, specific fetish to want to see a naked picture of Walter Brennan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, hilarious. goodness. Now, uh, Walter. But Jim, Jimmy, Jimmy Wah was a sweetie, though. Oh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I have to mention this because I have a thing for Schlocko movies. And this is ah! this is a Disney movie that was done in '67. Walter Brennan was in this thing called the Gnomobile, which is oh my god, which is possibly the most racist film about Irish oh, people and leprechauns. It's horrible, but irritating to Irish people. Yes, <laughs> well, there was also Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Yes. Oh, and oh, he was in Who's Minding the Mint? But yes, Jimmy Wah and his green suit. Yes. That he had, What? where was it brought in from? Was it from Tokyo? It was like Hong Kong, I think. Hong, Hong Kong, Kong yeah. known in, in those days. You can get a Hong Kong suit for a hundred bucks or whatever, you know. And now, um, you know, uh, it should be noted, folks, that uh, Jimmy Waz was the, the local hangout that was popular there in, uh, in it's not Saigon, it's uh, Ho Chi Minh, isn't it, I think? Hanoi. Hanoi, Hanoi, that's right, They in, uh, in Vietnam there, and... Um, you know, all the GIs went there, and they could have beer. But what was special about the beer, Steve? They put formaldehyde in it. I don't know why, but they maybe to preserve it. I don't know. Yeah. Oh no, Jimmy Wah had a, a an explanation for it. It kept him in business because uh, you know people might end up in the hospital, but they come back for more. Because it's the only bar on the block. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord. Now, as funny as all of that is, there's a poignant. Uh, point in the movie that, very much that uh that this bar and this bar owner is a part of steve tell us about that it's it's very moving yeah one of the characters the young man is the brother of the girl that robin williams is in love with one day robin's sitting at jimmy's and the kid comes and tells him hey you know she wants to see you come on come on come on hurry up come on she wants to see you, you got a chance for a date and he gets him out of there and as as soon as they're walking across the street uh I don't know, I guess we'd consider it a terrorist bomb goes off and kills a bunch of people right as right after Robin Williams was in there. So the kid was saving his life. Right. But the plot twist is, well, should I spoil it? Um, well, I, yes, yes. Uh, 
the kid ends up being a, a Viet Cong um, terrorist sympathizer, or whatever. So that that was the twist on that that part of the story. But what 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 made this movie for me were those moments where it wasn't just spastic Robin Williams. Yes, he was playing a character, and it seemed real. And uh, yeah, this movie forever changed my opinion of of uh, Robin Williams. Yeah, he he showed his dramatic chops. Now, Toppy, before we continue the discussion, we are just over the halfway mark. Would you like to go ahead and have me play the intermission pick? Uh, let's do it. Uh, folks, this is your chance to go grab another beer, uh, go to the uh, little men's or women's room, uh, ref- uh, refresh yourself, or just uh, listen to uh, the next moments we've got here. But we'll be back in three minutes. Make sure you knock on the door first, because Gertie might still be in there. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Jeepers. All right. This is not a test. This is rock and roll. Time to rock it from the Delta to the DMZ. Is that me or does that sound like an Elvis Presley movie? Viva Da Nang. Oh, Viva Da Nang. Da Nang me, Da Nang me. Why don't they get a rope and hang me? Hey, is this a little too early for being that loud? Hey, too late. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Speaking of early, how about that Cro-Magnon, Marty Drywitz? Thank you, Marty, for so <coughs> smooth sound. Make me sound like Peggy Lee. Good morning, Vietnam. What the heck is that supposed to mean? I don't know, Lieutenant. I, I guess it means good morning, uh, Vietnam. And who gave anyone permission to program modern music? Freddy and the Dreamers. Wrong speed. We've got it on the wrong speed. For those of you who are recovering from a hangover, that's gonna sound just right. Let's pull it right back down again. Let's try it a little faster. See if that picks it up a little bit. Let's get up on 718. Those pilots are going right now. I really like the music. I really like the music. I really like the music. Oh, still a bad song. Hey, wait a minute. Let's try something. Let's play this backwards and see if it gets any better. Freddy is a devil. Freddy is a devil. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. He's left Crete. He's entered the demilitarized zone. All right. Hey, what is this demilitarized zone? What do they mean, police action? Sounds like a couple of cops in Brooklyn going, no, she looks pretty to me. Hey, whatever it is, I like it because it gets you on your toes better than a strong cup of cappuccino. What is a demilitarized zone? Sounds like something out of the Wizard of Oz. Oh, no, don't go in there. Oh, hee-ho. Ho Chi Minh. Oh, look, you've landed in Saigon. You're among the little people now. We represent the Arvan Army, the Arvan Army. Oh, no, follow the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Follow the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Oh, I'll get you, my pretty. Oh, my God, it's the Wicked Witch of the North. It's Hanoi Hannah. Now, little G.I., you and your little to-do, too. Ah. <laughs> Adrian. Adrian, <laughs> what are you doing, Adrian? Oh, Hannah, you slut. You've been on everything but the Titanic. Stop it right now. <laughs> oh, you know he's really funny. Uh, he, he's like a Marx brother. And which Marx brother would that be, Private? Zeppo? I don't find him funny at all. Zeppo? Is he the one with the hat? Hey, uh, hi, can you help me? What's your name? My name's Roosevelt Lee Roosevelt. Roosevelt, what town are you stationed in? I'm stationed in Poon Tang. Well, thank you, Roosevelt. What's the weather like out there? It's hot. Damn, I'm real hot. Hot as this is my shorts. I can cook things in it. Little crotch pot cooking. Well, can you tell me what it feels like? Foo, what is hot? I told you again. Were you born on the sun? It's, it's damn it's hot. hot. You can be a little thing. I saw it so damn hot. I saw one of those little guys in the orange robe burst into flames. It's that hot. You know what I'm talking about. What do you think it's going to be like tonight? It's going to be hot and wet. That's nice if you're with a lady, but it ain't no good if you're in the jungle. Thank you, Roosevelt. Here's a song coming your way right now. Nowhere to Run To by Martha and the Vandellas. Yes! Hey, you know what I mean. Too much? <laughs> Thank you, Marty. Still, get out of here. Uh-huh. 
Hey, Steve, uh, talk a, uh, about uh, the soundtrack for this movie. Yes. All, I was, all those songs. I have the playlist from the movie soundtrack up just to read a few. I mentioned earlier in the chat room that the only big artist missing from this movie was the Beatles. Mm-hmm. We're wondering why. Well, back then they weren't licensing their music to anything, for one thing. And for two, they if they did, they probably would have wanted to a fortune for it. So that's probably the big reason why the budget just wasn't there to, to pay whatever they were asking if they had allowed it anyway, but it's a lot of Motown, Martha Reeves and the Vandellas, as we just heard, nowhere to run. I get around by the beach boys, game of love by Wayne Fontana and the mind benders. Uh, there's just tons of mid sixties, not just rock and roll, but rhythm and blues like James Brown. And you have you know lots and lots of Motown. And I just, it's one of the better movie soundtracks. Plus, you get the bonus of Robin Williams speaking with his little DJ rap mixed in with the music on the CD. So it's it's fabulous. Mm-hmm. I may be mistaken, Steve, but uh, I don't think there was any original music composed for this movie. Is that true? Or it was all, uh, it was all uh, uh, pretty much music. Yeah, th- from what I remember reading, there wasn't a lot. If there was anything, maybe there was some music at the end credits or something like that. But you're yeah. right. I think it was one of the first movies to use the hit records of the day of the 60s. It might have been. Yeah. So we have some questions we want to ask. But uh, before we get into that, I just want to sort of set the tone for this movie because, you know, we're talking about a war that took place during some of our listeners parents or even grandparents time frames now now i myself uh learned about the vietnam war of course well after it was over so it, it was something from my parents generation certainly but in my husband's case he had an uncle who served now unfortunately in his case um he, he's one of the few who made it through the war but came home and wasn't here for very long. You know, we, we've got a lot of folks that didn't survive the trauma of it without having life coping skills. But, um, you know, uh, during the, uh, the war in Vietnam, there was a boatload of entertainment brought in to keep the morale of the troops. And I'm just going to read a quick list here of some of the folks that took uh, part in entertaining the troops. So, uh, we have both actors as well as musicians alike. We've got Joey Bishop, comic, and then uh, musician James Brown, also Raymond Burr, Toppy, Victor Moan. We've got Mr. Sammy Davis Jr. And then, of course, the uh, ever popular woman comic Phyllis Diller. We got Dale Evans of uh, the Roy Rogers fame there. We've got Red Fox, who'd later be on Sanford and Son. Got James Garner of the Rockford Files. Got Charlton Heston, of course, who was in uh, many things, including um, uh, Ben-Hur and uh, later on Planet of the Apes. Got Mr. Bob Hope. We've got Vicki Lawrence, a personal favorite of Mr. Smelly there. We got Rita Moreno and Jim Neighbors, some comics there, and Martha oh, Ray. Boy. And then we got Demi Reynolds, who's, of course, the mother of everybody's favorite space princess, Carrie Fisher. Nancy Sinatra, because she had those boots in those days. And then, of course, some golden oldies, Mr. Lawrence Welk. Wonderful, wonderful. Exactly. Now, um, Steve, um, on on your radio show, I just listened to your Halloween special. Yeah. Uh, But I suspect that's not uh, typical of what you usually play. What uh, What do you focus on? What is your interest in um, music? And well, where do you uh, Where do you focus? It's the my dream show that I always wanted to do so many years ago, but now I can play whatever I want, literally with no censorship or, or a program director tapping you on the shoulder, telling you what to play. I play jazz, funk, soul, rhythm and blues, soul, jazz, Latin jazz and blues. And it's from the fifties until the, the great artists of today. I get a lot of independent artists sending me music. Actually, I have a, I'm going to do a new, new music show in a couple of weeks featuring some of this new stuff I just got. Mm-hmm. And it's all within that, those genres. Yeah. Now, how how does that work? Like, like how do 
these musicians find you and uh, Facebook is the big, you, the big thing. Yeah. And, and, and uh, how loud is getting the rights and all that? Like you just, do you just have to ask their permission or how does that all work? Yeah. They usually have a promotions person or an agent. Sometimes the musicians do it themselves and that just gives you automatic permission to play it. They want us to play their music. So it's not a big deal. Um, and so like, I know, I know for your Halloween episode, you pre-recorded a lot of stuff. Is that unusual or, or? Oh no, I do that all the time. I have, it's called bumpers. The things that come between music that identify the the show and the station. Mm -hmm. And for Halloween, I did Alfred Hitchcock, Peter Lorre. I played clips from psycho Dracula, uh, Blackula, all kinds of different (laughs) crazy stuff. But I have I have a, a a little bit of a talent for imitations, as you've kind of heard. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, uh, when when you uh, record, uh, I think sometimes you're you're right at home with whatever your home yeah. studio setup is. But yeah. uh, do you actually have to go into the studio, or how does that yeah. work? Yeah, we have a studio up the road in a town called North Glen up here. I think DJ might remember North Glen I when do. he lived out here. Yeah. And it's just, it's in an office and we just go in a room and and my friend has an actual radio studio set up, even though we're not on like FM, we're on the internet radio, but it's microphones, mixing board, computers, and all the music we play is either MP3 or wave. Mm -hmm. So that's how we do it. Uh, So I I actually physically go up there. I could probably send it in, but it's much easier just to go up the street and just do it live. Does Steve have... I record everything too. Having listened to your show, Steve, I know you mentioned on your uh, program, but uh, for those who are curious about your Halloween show, because they may have missed it, uh, where can they listen to that? Because I'm sure that you've got your archives out there, right? Yes, and it's, thank you for asking, it's mixcloud.com. And on that, that website, or you can actually download it as an app for your phone or your tablet, Mixcloud. And on there, my show is called The Jazz and Soul Express. And I have an archive of us two or three years that I've been putting them up there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's on there. It's on there right now to stream whenever anybody wants to go there. So just go to Mixcloud.com and look for The Jazz and Soul Express and you can find it. It's pretty easy. Because, you know, Halloween may have passed, but it's still a little ways before the next holiday. And who says you can't yeah. get down to some spookiness on your own? <laughs> Yeah, why not? Why not? There you go. Uh, uh, Steve, uh, we're going to be ending uh, soon here, but I'm very curious, since you've been uh, involved in radio for so long, uh, how you see just the dramatic changes in the last 10, 20 years and where you see radio going or... Uh, it's so different. Uh, oh, it's I way imagine. different, way, way different from when I started. So much different. Digital has changed everything. The internet has really changed everything. I mean, um, we're talking when I first started, well, actually, we'll go back farther than that. When I was in high school, I took a class for radio broadcasting, and we had a studio there at um, a place away from my high school called the Career Education Center. And they had a radio studio, and, and the guy that taught it was an old pro. He taught us how to edit audio tape with a razor blade and a grease pencil. That's so unheard of today. People wouldn't even would say, huh? Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> Steve, you actually had to take a razor blade and split the tape right. <laughs> to make edits. It's the old days, honey. <laughs> <laughs> The ancient dark ages. Now it's everything is digital. It's so much easier to edit. And I see it going, well, we're, we're kind of ahead of the curve at KUHSDenver.com because he's been doing it a little longer than a lot of people have for streaming radio. We're on multiple platforms, and that's the thing. Everybody wants to take music with them, and they want to listen to it wherever they go. So we're on a million apps for to stream us. And I think that's where it's really going to be going. You can really, really literally do a radio show from your house. If you have a good internet connection and a microphone, you can just, but it helps to have your own server, which our station does. We have our own server since the man who runs it is a computer genius. So it, I don't know. I see it going forward with more and more content. The only problem with that is the audience is so big and there's so many choices 
that it's kind of hard to get a a foothold in the you know the listening audience. You really have to have something special out there to get their attention. So we hope yeah. we're do, we hope we're doing that because we truly have an international audience. We have a computer software that tells us what country they're listening from. We're hearing from you name it, they're there. It's have, pretty cool. I have a small confession, Steve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On the weekends when I'm doing my household chores. Um, I, I stray away from my local jazz station and I listen to KUHS because, well, you guys have some programming that's not as churchy as my local station. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So we are... It's good, good to hear, though. Yeah. So we are getting towards the end of our show here, but we wanted to ask you, Steve, before um, we say our juice here... Uh, what do you think, if if you had to describe, you know, the, the story of this movie, the the message, because there's always, you know, a, uh, a moral to the story. What do you think the director's message to the audience would be in watching Good Morning Vietnam? I know that's a little heavier than the rest of our little talk tonight, but, you know, if, if you had to tell people a reason to watch this. Um. There was a need for the troops to be entertained out there when they were in the field, and all they had was their transistor radios. So they were providing a service, not only giving out information like they show in the movie and different things like that, but the the music meant so much to those guys, and the average age was around 19 or 20 for the guys that were drafted. So it meant a lot to them to hear rock and roll and R&B, like Motown and you know the different music like that that's in the movie. And it's they just felt the need to bring that to him and and Adrian Cronauer really was one of the first to do that. And the message is, you know, war sucks, but at least they kept the guys entertained when they were out there in the field. And that war was hell. It was not something to be, laughed at, be laughing at or it's humorous, but they tried to make the most of their, their, you know, messed up circumstances. They had to be there and they did just did the best they could, you know, to bring the entertainment to the guys. Mm. And I think it's worth seeing, not just for the radio stuff. I mean, it's a really good, well-written drama. You know, and uh, I, I, you know, uh, like I said, uh, having watched it recently, I was surprised at how quickly the film passes through. You know, it is a two-hour film, but you know, uh, watching it, it's just like you want you want there to be more because you don't want the story to be over. You know, he meets the girl, and they don't get to spend as much time together as he would have liked, and it's like. You know, part of me wants that story to continue. I mean, small confession, I had an uncle who served abroad, and he went back and at the encouragement of my mother, looked up his old flame and they reunited. Wow. So, uh, you know, it's like all these stories we hear in the generation that's passed since, it's like there's missed opportunity here. And of course, the same time the Good Morning Vietnam came out, it seemed rather popular for films of the Vietnam War time frame, uh, you know, to be coming out. Like there was Casualties of War, there was yeah. Platoon. Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, all within a few years of each other. So, Good Lord, Full Metal Jacket. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. <laughs> so, Talk about dark. So Yikes. on that vein, we're going to go ahead and move on to a segment we call Snack Tray because, well, there's a little something left over after a discussion like this. So we're going to tell folks things that are similar to Good Morning Vietnam that they might be interested in. So, uh, Steve, you know, if you had to think about another film that might be in this vein, what's another film you might recommend to our listeners? Oh, man. I wish I would have thought about that in advance. Um, We can come back to you if you need a moment to think. Yeah, yeah, come back to me in a minute. Okay. Uh, DJ, tell us your... your, snack tray related movie okay so the film that i'm going to recommend comes from a time frame of probably a generation before vietnam so you know uh when adrian cronauer's dad or granddad was probably serving uh this is a film that came out a few years later after good morning vietnam it was in 1991 and it starred a 90s uh pop artist who got her start in the the early 80s miss bet midler yes who, you know who of course some of you may know of most uh, famously for portraying the story 
of um, Janis Joplin in The Rose, and then later on, of course, in Beaches, which is right around this time frame. But she was in a film in 1991 with James Caan, and they were USO entertainers. It was called For the Boys. Now, I have not seen this for quite a while, but um, it's quite a good show. I've listened to the soundtrack many times over, and it was so good that Martha Ray took the studio to court afterwards saying that's too close close to her real life. Exactly. That's my story. I want some money. No kidding. <laughs> and of course, well, maybe not, of course, but, um, in, in you know, uh, after all, the story was not close enough to her own story for her to, to cash out. But yes, For the Boys from 1999 with Bette Midler and James Caan, who was in the, uh, the original film of alienation that inspired the tv show and we talked about that at the beginning of this year so yeah we did dj uh for the boys i I think it was kind of a box office flop (laughs) but we never shy away from those movies here at matinee folks i also want to say myron gertz uh just wanted us to make sure we knew uh, that uh, the movie uh, uh, Good Morning Vietnam was in Saigon, Hanoi, yes. Uh, yes. with the capital of uh, North Vietnam, uh, uh, Ho-, Ho Chi Minh um, City, uh, which yes, which is the current capital of Vietnam. Yeah. And also, Myron Gertz uh, has a recommendation of a movie that fits along uh, this. Um, Topic, and uh, she she oh dear, uh, they there that's maybe because I keep forgetting. Uh, recommend the Deer Hunter. Oh, very intense story. Wow. Uh, now honestly, I've never sat down to watch the Deer Hunter because oh, I'm yeah. afraid I'm afraid of it. I. I- <laughs> I was tempted to watch it. In fact, I mentioned to Toppy that I was thinking of watching it as part of research about Vietnam. And what I do know about this film is that it has Robert De Niro, Christopher Walken, and a very young Meryl Streep in one of her earliest film roles. Yes. Yes. Uh, All all I know is that it's an intense movie, and I've never said, I think I want to see a really super intense movie that's going to just... Uh, pound my head and so i've never uh listened i've never watched it but let me uh give you my um uh, snack tray related movie if i may and uh, i it's a popular one it's uh, obvious but mash of course oh, yeah, absolutely from 1970 directed by robert altman starred donald Sibyl and elliot gould in a lot of ways uh, Good Morning Vietnam borrows from MASH in that there's a hell of a lot of comedy. There's a hell of a lot of good comedy. But in the background is the dire, awful Vietnam War. Yeah. And uh, MASH and Good Morning Vietnam share that tableau. And, you know, I always thought, you know, I don't know if it ever inspired anyone, but wouldn't wouldn't it have been something if Robert Altman had directed uh, Good Morning Vietnam? Wow. You know, if if I was a movie producer and had this script and this... In my possession, the first person I would have gone to was would would be Robert Altman, and, and I would say, "Please do this movie." Uh, but 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 Levinson did a fine job. Don't get me wrong, but I I sure would have gone to Robert Altman first. Yeah, I was thinking my choice would be going back even farther. This is a story about the post-war. And you're talking about people maybe having PTSD after coming home. 
The Best Years of Our Lives, 1946. Ooh. Multiple Academy Award winner shows the after effects of the soldiers coming home from the war and uh, what they used to call shell shock or battle fatigue, which we now call PTSD. But it's a really, really well done drama and just one of the best films ever, ever, ever about veterans coming home from war. Absolutely. That is a hella movie. And Steve, do you know uh, who might be in that? Uh, one of the lead characters, maybe? Um, let's Gosh. see. There's a lot of people. Dana Andrews is in it. Um, let's see. I'm going to go to my... A real-life amputee. Yeah, Harold, Harold Russell was his name. And he actually won a special Oscar for being a non-actor who got hired to do that movie. Hmm. And he was uh, just an ex-serviceman who had had both hands blown and up, basically, in the war. You would not have known that this was not an actor. Because yeah. his performance is superlative. He's great. Okay. Yeah, lots of different. That was that's kind of a cool thing about that movie is that that man was in it and he won the award for you know for just doing a wonderful job. The star is Frederick March and Myrna Loy. Those are the two yeah. big stars. Oh, Myrna Loy. Okay. Yeah. And Teresa Wright and Hoagie Carmichael's actually in the movie as an actor. He did a couple of movies. Nice. So there's a, a lot of really that ensemble cast that was just really just top notch. Uh, folks, I just want you to know that, uh, well, that's Steve uh, pulled that right out of his head uh, because, because he is such a movie fan. Steve, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. We really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. Your knowledge and enthusiasm for film comes through on your posts on Facebook and your Facebook group. Tell us that name again. Classic Film Photos. Folks, it is a pleasure uh, looking at these photos. So, oh, thank you. Uh, get on over there and become a member. Uh, but... Um, uh, it's been marvelous having you here as a guest, Thieves. Thank you very much. And Steve, thank, if you, thank you, Toppy. Thank you, DJ. And Steve, if you could tell us the name of your Thursday afternoon show and the time again. Yeah, the Jazz and Soul Express, and it's on Thursday afternoons, two to four p.m. Mountain Time, as I'm in Denver, Colorado. But adjust the time zone for wherever you guys are, and that's on KUHSDenver.com. Yes, and thank you to the chat room, Aunt Tudor, Billy, Myron, and um, thanks for being here. Uh, DJ, I'm itchy uh, to put those magic coins in the uh, the Who's It's thing. Okay, so this is how it works. We're going to put some of these in one of these coins from the magician's bag that he left behind in our dressing room. Yeah. And we figure out what's coming up next because that little gumball machine pops out a hint. So here we go. Oh, right, Toppy. That landed on your side there. Will you yeah. open that for Oh, us? goodness. Oh, you're not going to believe it. Just in time for the uh, Thanksgiving holiday, uh, folks. It's the... Uh, we're going to go to TV next. Uh, so, yeah. Listen, it's... Uh, the next little shoe's going to be about the Waltons. Now, Whoa. don't laugh. Don't ridicule. Uh, because the Waltons <laughs> was a seminal... 1970s TV series. Indeed. And I specifically want you, if you can, uh, to watch the season two, episode 10 of The Waltons called The Thanksgiving Story. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's because, uh, you know, Thanksgiving. <laughs> and uh, it's just very heartwarming, very uh, family oriented. I loved the Waltons growing up. I'm not ashamed to admit it. And I would like you to, if you can, get on over to Amazon Prime, who is, uh, who are uh, showing those episodes. 
especially Thanksgiving Story Part 1 and 2. Now, that's the story of uh, the anticipated joy of Thanksgiving turns to sorrow for the Waltons when when John Boy suffers a head injury uh, that prevents him from taking his college scholarship scholarship examination. Now, folks, this was a pivotal episode of the series and the Waltons, folks. Believe it or not, that's our next episode. Oh, and, you know, on behalf of anyone who's grown up in the middle of nowhere, this is an important story because you know that your your college tests, where you get in is your opportunity out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Uh, and Tudor in the chat room says every Thursday night we watch the Waltons, and so did I, Aunt Tudor. Yes, sir. Oh. Alrighty, folks. Well, we want to thank our guest Steve once again. Hey, thank you. Good night, John Boy. Good night, Mariam. And good night, Grandpa Man. Good night, Daddy Man. <laughs> hey, uh, is that your hand? Hey. Ah! Oh. Oh. Good night, Gracie. All right. Good night, Gracie. Thank you for listening to Matinee Minutia. Our show streams live on the first and third Friday of the month. Go to univazpods.net, click the tower for audio, enter Discord for chat. You can find our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Visit our webpage at matineeminutia.com. Tweet us on Twitter at matineeminutia. Find our group on Facebook. Have an idea for a show? Or let us know how we're doing. Email us at matineeminutia at gmail.com. Joe's gone wild with Matt and Tom. Speak up. The Smellcast. My tummy smelling. Be heard. Tastes like burning. With Tim and James. Unique voices in podcasting. The Shy Life Podcast. With me, Paul the Shy Yeti. Univazpods.net. What are you saying?